I will call to order the Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, September 25th, 2017. To order, let the record show that the meeting started at six minutes after five. Councilors should have in front of them a copy of the agenda. Are there any uh, requirements, any additions that we need to put on? Karen, on your worship. And I will ask for probably the second last time any deletions. There are none, Worship. Adoption of minutes. Uh, we had the uh, minutes of the September the 11th, 2017 regular council meeting. Uh, are there any corrections, clarifications, adjustments, etc., etc.? Do you want a motion to accept the minutes or the agenda? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll make that a motion, Your Worship, to accept the agenda as presented. Okay, all in favor? Okay, now we will go to the minutes. Do you want to make a motion on that one too, Councillor? I'll make a motion to accept the minutes as presented. Uh, anybody find any errors that we need to correct? Okay, all in favor of Councilor Burr's motion? Another unanimous decision. <laughs> any public hearings, uh, Ms. McQuaig? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, any presentations to be had, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Any bylaws to pass? There are none. Oh, that's good. Oh, I, I see there's some unfinished business, and this is a request for decision on bylaw 2008 to depend the venture funds for the extension of the sa Saddleback mm -hmm. Sanitary Sewer Line. That is correct. And Director Town will take us through this one. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Before you is a report asking for Council to approve second and third reading of the Bar Law 2008 to enable borrowing on behalf of the Saddleback Sanitary Sewer Trunk Main Project. We had a bit of discussion on this one already, so you should be somewhat familiar with it. Um, but basically, we're just seeking approval to, um, to be able to finance our portion of the project, which, when looking at the Bar Law, is up to a maximum of $337,000 over a 10 year period. Um, again, we've discussed all these items. It is, it does show a maximum amount there, and the maximum being 8%. And borrowings, when this happens, will not be at that amount. It will be at the current prevailing rate, which is 3.9, 3.1, um, something like that. It, it does change and fluctuate a little bit. Um, so we're just looking for your authority to do so by um, passing second and third reading of the bylaw. Bylaw has um, received its requisite advertising and um, advertising period, um, and there's been no petitions received um, from constituents <coughs> on not having the bylaw go through. Okay, fair enough. Um, any questions? Stop here, Mayor. Any? Oh, Mr. Ford. Ford. Yeah, just one question. Uh, in option one, uh, you're speaking about the financial implications as far as debt servicing because this, there is none because it, it was approved as, as part of the 2017 capital budget. How are we setting with that debt servicing right now? Where are we at? So total debt by the town, it'll have to refer to um, 
2016 information, so as of December 31st, 2016, our debt capacity, our outstanding debt was around $11.9 million. Are you talking about the capacity level yes. to service the debt or how we will manage it within the tax rates or? Like where, where are we at with it at a whole? Like because there's a, there's a maximum amount the town's allowed to use. Where are we sitting percentage-wise? There is, so. Um, approximately. Yeah, so I will use approximately. I believe we were just under 30%. Okay. It was our, it was our um, the amount that we had in terms of debt capacity. Um, we did have a discussion. Um, this has been built into debt capacity for the upcoming um, um, capital program, which is a five-year program. Um, with the inclusion of the arena would take it up to about 65 percent of which the arena is about 85 percent or, or 30 percent of, of that amount so our existing capital um, projects excluding the arena would only impact the um, debt capacity by about three or four percent over the next five-year window thank you and that maximum amount you just cited, that 85%, that's assuming we don't get additional help from the province or the feds or our neighbors for the for the multiplex. And, and yes, that's absolutely correct. That's based on the um, the current budget that's been provided and any additional funding would of course reduce that amount. So what, what is our debt limit in terms of real dollars? I know that it can change from year to year, but what, so you said- uh, Right now it's about 35 million. Okay. Between 35 and 36 million, I believe. Okay. And that's why you said we're at 12 million more or less. And that's 30%. Yeah, it's, it's around a third. If uh, you're ready to uh, focus the discussion, Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor to provide second reading to bylaw 2008. Uh, very good. Councillor Needham, all in favor? Somebody want to do the honors for third and final? Okay, Deputy Mayor Manzik. I move uh, third reading to bylaw 2008, the issuance of a ventured Saddleback Sanitary Sewer Truck Main Project. All in favor? Passed. And uh, you should be good to go, Mr. Tyler. That takes us to new business. We have a request for decision. Uh, we have a proclamation policy coming forward. And who is going to lead the discussion? I'll leave, I'll leave that one. Uh, Autumn uh, is unfortunately not here today. Um, council before you is the uh, proclamation policy. Uh, it did go before you during the uh, GMP meeting. Um, and uh, basically, it's uh, uh, taking the direction and uh, that council had said it and it's before you so just i'm okay with the policy but i i see uh fire chief tim is in the audience and others so how was the event on september the 10th in terms of participation was it 20 people or was it I, I obviously didn't attend, so just a, a quick, a quick recap, Tim. Uh, yeah, we had uh, firefighters from Peace River, County of Northern Lights, uh, Northern Sunrise County, the Town of Grimshaw, 
village of Nampur attended. Um, and His Worship, uh, Deputy Mayor, and uh, Council Four also in attendance. So yeah, we actually in all it's about twenty people. Uh, a good inaugural. Uh, Excellent. Thank you. I have a question what's yeah. meant by 2.2.1, which matters that are politically or religiously motivated or represent individual conviction wouldn't be approved. I struggle with that. So a church that wanted to recognize families would not be able to put something in there? Uh, no, I think this is uh, uh, when you have something like... Uh, the Fulong Thong, uh, when they want to make, I, they, there have been times when people have approached the town and they've been religiously based, and Fulong Gong is probably one example. So they're a, a, a Chinese, well, the origins are Chinese, and uh, they have a bit of a religious connotation. They're persecuted in, in China, and they wanted us this council, and it never got to the, the council tables, but they wanted us to issue a proclamation. And they went to a number of, uh, a number of towns and cities in Alberta. But you know, that's really outside our scope. It's, it's just way too international. So we, we didn't bring it forward. Uh, those are the concepts, I think if you had a, uh, I think they call them, you, you commit, you, uh, well, basically, a number of religious organizations getting together and wanting to uh, make a proclamation that was, okay, uh, I know we have Family Day, but let's say they wanted to recognize tomorrow as Family Day. Um, we would probably accept that. If they made it more religious than that, I think then then there may be a problem. So, uh, I well, I, and you know, I I look back at uh, well, they so small town Quebec, they have uh, they have prayer or they had prayers before the council meetings, and even though there was really no objections, I think from the town itself, the village itself. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and was struck down. You just, it's, uh, there's, there's issues with tr trying to uh, mix church and state. As, I, as I've said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, render unto God what belongs to God, because municipal work is definitely Caesar's work. <laughs> but at the, ri the risk of being politically incorrect, we do support the BGLT group and, and some of their stuff. And I know that's not religious based, but again, you know, there's a fine line there between providing for freedom of speech for all groups. And, and I just, I see that if someone took that very literally, would, could, could use that to try to restrict, you know, people, you know, religious groups trying to present society values out there and promote good values would, would be shut down. That, that's my concern with the way that's, that's written there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take and uh, um, I'll, I'll note that as a municipal government, we should stick to water, sewer, roads, garbage, and uh, um, 
and the re uh, and multiplexes <laughs> and police and fire. I actually like the way the policy is written as far as uh, councillors Burr is concerned. Um, myself, I think if, if something like that, or if there's an application to have something proclaimed like that, and if it did, if it was near kind of a fine line, I'm sure that administration would bring it to council of the day for discussion. I also think of the well, 1.1 1. 1 really kind of explains uh, the whole purpose of the, the policy too, and so it gives you that leeway aspect of it and understanding. And again, as any other policy is implemented, there's opportunities to bring these things back if, if we got it wrong for some reason. So I, I'm, I'm happy with what's there, but I, I, I would suggest if there's a, a need, we'll bring it back and look at it again, but I'm certainly happy with what's there. If, if the City of Toronto starts having problems, we'll uh, reopen the, the policy. How's that? Uh, I'll call for a motion on this particular policy. Who wants to make one? And what will your policy be? What will your, your motion be? I'm just uh, trying to get the right words here, and uh, I'm not sure what I can... Uh, my motion would be to adopt the uh, proclamation policy as presented. If you refresh your screens, the motions should appear now. I'm sorry? If you refresh your screen. Uh, that's my problem. No, that was my, my error. <laughs> okay. So all in favor? Okay, so uh, the next item on the agenda is uh, an amendment to the flag protocol policy. And I see uh, Fire Chief Tim Harris is sitting in the Inquisition chair. Yeah, he, he wasn't supposed to be. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's just comfortable in that chair. Right. <laughs> so basically, uh, at the last uh, PG, we had uh, just a couple little adjustments to the uh, flag policy uh, that we brought in uh, and uh, are representing it to council now. Could you remind us what those adjustments were? Uh, one was, actually I cannot uh, remember to be quite honest. Uh, well, sorry. One was having to do with the... The, the um, addition of the uh, National Firefighters Memorial Day. Oh, the, uh, the, days okay. of the listed days of where the flag will be lowered. Good show. Yeah. I was jumping ahead earlier because that's really what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I was. Not, not, not the downfall. <laughs> So that's just in line with the other the right. days that are listed there, which include uh, the National the Police Memorial Day and Remembrance of Victims of Terrorism and Persons Killed in the Line of Workplace and Remembrance Day and the Violence Against Women Day. Yeah, just an observation. So, uh, should I ever return back to this chair uh, after October 16th? I think we should actually make a, a slight adjustment to the flag policy and have the Canadian flag flies every every Sunday. That way, we get away from. Uh, you know, it, it just makes it straightforward because I know that there are some groups that will want their flag flown on the Sunday, which may offend other groups and. I think uh, just make a Canadian flag the flag of every Sunday. Anyway. But that's well, just a comment. 
that was one of the other amendments. Oh, I wasn't oh, at the okay. meeting where this yeah. was discussed. Oh, okay. So that for the special request, the flags for the special request, which is only the flag that's at the yeah. Thunderbell. Yeah. Uh, that you wouldn't entertain special requests for a Sunday. Oh, okay. Uh, that's good. I wasn't part of that did, discussion. Did I bring that up then? Okay. Yeah, that, that was one of the. Okay, great. Right. Okay, so thanks. I'm just curious. I never hardly ever go that way. What flag is normally there at the roundabout? Is there no flag most of the time unless there's. Oh, it's, it's the Canadian flag is flying at the roundabout. And if I'm a special request, if you fly the Macy flag or what, whatever it's approved on the town policy. Yeah, it gets replaced by the, the special flag, but only, only at the roundabout, not the ones on the. So, Mr. Mayor, um, I was at the um, Peace Regional, Peace River, Aboriginal Interagency Committee meeting this past week, and um, they are sending forward a letter to uh, Town Council to ask that uh, the Métis and the Region 8 flags be basically hung, flown permanently someplace in town. So I'm telling you that expect a letter and I don't know if this policy will address it or, or what. So I don't think this policy addresses that. I, I understand from uh, an email that you sent around that they would like, that they want to put a, is there a plaque already up where the yeah. Treaty 8? It's my understanding that's a different thing and no, there is not a plaque where Treaty 8 was signed, which is someplace by the radio station there. So I'm, it's two different things. I'm, I, yeah, and so this is just thinking ahead, but uh, I, I think a, a reasonable approach there would be, let's put a plaque there. It's, it's, it, it, I think the signing of Treaty 8 is, is certainly worthy of commemoration. This is just me talking off the top of my head, but I think it's, it's worthy of commemoration. And we should actually have three flags there. So can we put up, so yes, this will be another budget item. Hopefully you don't have to increase the taxes to do that. <laughs> but that will be uh, three, three flagpoles, one for the Aboriginal uh, nations, one for the Métis nation, and one for the Canadian nation. And, uh, and then we just observe the usual protocol when you have three flags, the, center one, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Harris is the Canadian one. And it symbolizes that, yeah, we come from uh, different walks of life and uh, different cultures, but we all uh, unite under this one flag and that's the Canadian flag. And so that would be my suggestions as it goes forward. So I don't know at what point this will, yeah. maybe yeah. next council will relook at this when the letter comes. Okay, so focusing back on the flag policy, is there anything? I'll make a motion to accept the okay. policy as, as amended. Uh, did we amend it? It was you already wrote those amendments. Uh, yeah, the, the, all that stuff. All the amendments are already. They're just, they're just highlighted. That's all. So as presented, right? All. All in favor? Um, change of, uh, this is a request for decision, change of council meeting time. Uh, Mr. Mr. Parker, do you want to just quickly go through this? Sure, just, uh, this was just something we brought again also to the, the last meeting. 
Um, as you know, on the uh, 23rd, we're going to be cruising all over the place uh, with our um, uh, council orientation, the new council. And uh, then uh, that evening, what we'll be doing is uh, swearing uh, the new council in. Um, so uh, basically, um, uh, we are, according to our bylaw, our bylaw says we have to start at five o'clock. So uh, if we have to change the time, we have to actually get uh, a motion from council to go to six. What we're hoping is after we have our uh, training that uh, candidates would be able to uh, go home, freshen up a little bit, then come back and then be sworn in um, and a nice picture taken or not. <laughs> go from there. Fair enough. It's just accommodating uh, the training session, okay? Do we want to make a motion on that? Soon to be former councillor. Saw check or maybe you want to talk to me. <laughs> sure, I'll make that motion. <clears throat> so postpone the regular meeting of council for October 23rd from 5 p.m. until 6 p.m. Okay, all in favor? So there's another one request for direction regarding uh, the review of council committees. So, uh, Ms. McQuaigle, uh, Ms. McQuaigle will assist me on this one here, but basically uh, at uh, also at the GMP meeting, uh, one of the questions we're looking at was maybe we should look at some of the committees one more time. So we have brought back some information to council uh, to see uh, since the organizational meeting will be coming up on the 30th. And then if uh, people have some more information they can add into this, um, it would help. Uh, maybe for the next council, if we should keep or not keep this one. So I can speak to 21. That's a pre-server and district health foundation. So it can't be consolidated into the um, position recruitment and retention because they are different. <laughs> so the pre-server and district health foundation um, is a committee that works to uh, raise funds to purchase equipment for the hospital. Um, but our contribution for locum housing has always gone through the foundation. So even though that's what our contribution is for, that's not specifically what that committee actually does. Does that make sense? So, and I think it's important that we're there. I know Northern Sunrise is there and they give an annual donation to that committee of $20,000 every year, $24,000 every year as well. And I think that they appreciate having um, town representation on that committee. It doesn't mean a ton, because I'm, I'm on it, but it doesn't mean a ton, but I think, I think it's valuable and I think they do good work. So I think it's worth us having representation. The, and I'm not sure, I can't remember exactly why the funding for the local housing went to that foundation. I think just because it is set up and it is, it is a, an approved channel for that type of funding. Um, but it is different than the position recruitment and retention. Mighty Peace Tourism Association that's still active. We are the largest contributor to that because it's based on the per capita funding and I would definitely recommend that we stick with that one. I can't see us falling out of that one. One of the questions we're wondering is if we could send a staff member there actually uh, and maybe that take a council member off and actually send a staff member onto it. Uh, it used to be Laura Gordon and she did an excellent job and uh, And the tourism is part of it. Like Laura did a really good job in terms of promoting yeah. the museum there. The museum, that group helped promote the museum and vice versa. So you know that's a possibility. So 
they don't meet that often either. They meet four times a year or something. So it's not an on honor thing. So how far do we want to jump into this list tonight? Um, sort of a open-ended question. Uh, Colin has some comments about a group like Crea. And I know we struggled with this topic in Lac Cardinal and our own local economic development strategy, which will be developed in November this year, I suspect. So I guess my question is, um, do we want to go there? I guess we don't have to make that decision tonight, but I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that that's a, a good expenditure of money. So that's a, that's a comment. Uh, the other comment is, I'm just catching the deputy mayor's eye here, we have two library committees and there needs to be two library committees. I would maybe suggest if it works, we have one person do both. Um, it is different orders of business, the regional one that the deputy mayor is on. I think there are 40, 35, 40 municipalities, so you're sort of operating at a, I'll use the word provincial level and I attend the local committee. Um, it still is library books, it's still e-books, it's still a library, but I guess from my perspective, um, maybe the new council can talk about that, but it, the two committees need to stay. And just to wrap up, if I may, Your Worship, um, the committees that aren't on here, um, we assigned a councillor to the uh, multiplex committee, and I, I don't know if it needs to be on here. I. If, if I'm re-elected, I would certainly like to carry on. So I didn't see, and I'm not, I'm struggling for the proper name here, but it's a, uh, maybe, is it on there? Yeah. Where, where are we? Number 30, right? Yeah. Number 30. <laughs> Somebody put it on the very end, and obviously I didn't read to the end. Uh, is the DMI Public Advisory Committee on there was my other one. Did this change in the last week? Because when I read this the first time, I didn't see it. But I thought didn't so. change. So the DMI, the PAC committee, the Public Advisory Committee, is that on here? No, I I, I was attending that. And I right. didn't see there's a compelling reason for the council to be on it. Okay. Well, that was that was just the only other two committees. So I, I've got one of my two that. Um, those are my comments. So, Mr. Mayor, yeah. um, I'll put my. Um, in that Preda should stay on because um, if we want to work as a collaborative regional partnership thing, Preda is one of the simpler ones to at least get the town known out there in terms of uh, its willingness to work with others. But I'll leave that aside. I want to talk about number 23, Northern Lake College Community Education Committee. Um, it is still functioning. It meets every six weeks or so, um, very short time, usually about an hour at lunch. And um, I would suggest that it also remain on there for basically some of the same reasons as number 21, the Health Foundation. Um, we talked about Peace River becoming an educational hub. And that's our one way into uh, Northern Lakes College, which is our post-secondary um, part of that. Also, um, it's through that committee that the steamship lab and um, the training for water treatment people was, uh, if not initiated, at least discussed and um, advocated for. That's my thoughts on that one. 
Um, the other one I would like to speak to is the Watershed Alliance. And this one could be similar to the Preda or the Foundation or whatever. I think there's value of it in it. We are a town on the Peace River and um, the Alliance is going to be responsible for coming up with some uh, major uh, watershed planning, which then feed into uh, land and air shed planning. So if we can at least have our uh, thoughts there at times, I think it's helpful. So the, uh, the Mighty Peace Watershed Alliance they run on a pretty shoestring budget, right? Yeah. And so they usually move the headquarters, and I'm using air quotes around that, to wherever the individual who is the director or coordinator lives, correct? They might well do that. Right now it's in McLennan. Yeah, because it's certainly, I think the, certainly I think the vision around this table when it originally started was that we're, we're on the piece. Um, perhaps we could be serve as almost like a northern boreal research center, but you have a, a peace watershed research center, and I don't think that's come to pass just because it's, it's the money is so tight. But you could see them setting up. I think the original idea was maybe they can get room in the provincial building. And I think they were able to get room, but then the people that actually ran the organization were out of McLennan. That's where they lived, and there's no point in having them commute all the way out the Peace River to to, to be here. So, um, but I, I I guess what I'm saying is there is va there is value, and I think there might be some uh, economic benefits. Certainly, if we could get the isn't the Alberta Conservation Association. Or who who's got the old fishery? ACA. And who are they? And the old so the Alberta Conservation Association. They've got the old uh, DFO building. Yeah. So they've. So it'd be great if we could uh, get the coordinator back to Peace River, but uh, I don't know if that's. Yeah. Right. At this point in time, the director, the educational person, and the sort of the outreach receptionist person all are in McLennan or Flair, and I believe the arrangement for the office there is that they get free use of the provincial building space there somehow. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the history other than that. Okay. Anyhow, so okay, well, uh, well what, what we have to remember though is, I don't think the makeup of the next council will be much different than this council, i.e. most of the people will be working during the day, so. And most of these committees meet during the day. So how do we just make the workload manageable is really the purpose, I think, of bringing this forward. So sometimes you just, and maybe this isn't our place to figure this out, but if you get new faces around, they don't, they don't know the history of this. So I, I'd encourage people to kind of go, you know, we need to be a little tough because, well, Let's talk to the guys that uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not signing up for any more committees, but uh, <laughs> I sure hope the new candidates uh, pull the list out and look through all 30 of them and start looking at what they're going to do because uh, we got to share the workload. Just uh, again, your worship, while I've got the mic, so my concern around, as it was pointed out, the recreational 
facility committee is on there and it says considering discontinuing yes the building is up i guess the point i was trying to make was council enabled me to sit on a committee and i guess this is the oversight committee of the construction i guess the point i was trying to make is that need to be written in here um, like, like, I, like this this was the work of councillor sawcheck and Benke, and it's largely completed so it that's ending but I was appointed to a special uh, committee. Now, I, I, I guess it's the name, so whether it's on here or not, I don't really care, but it's just that when there's a new council here and we break up these assignments, I just want to say to the group, I'm already on a committee, uh, and it's this one. Um, so so yeah. I would suggest that if your committee be treated the same thing, same sort of way as number one, the gravel pit operations committee, which okay. might be slightly different but it was set up for a particular... Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think it's fair to say, uh, uh, what are we targeting here, December of 2018. So the committee, or my role, should last a year. Um, I think one of the things that was discussed around that regional recommendation or facilities committee was sort of an ongoing committee to encompass some of the work that was done in the uh, regional... Um, needs assessment and some of the other things that could be developed across the board not necessarily anything on the books right now and whether or not they will actually have meetings right away so whether we step back and then get back involved later or just leave your names there and you know meeting attendance would be possibly zero for a while until something comes up but again if you're going to try to share the operational costs across the region then you have to have something to oversee that like well, if, again, we, if we don't have that committee, then it's easy for the other guy to say, well, it's the town's project, they can look after it. Or vice versa, have a project that we may want to be involved in, then why not? A quarter yeah. sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> Dormant? So can Where? we have it listed as, um, yeah, on hiatus or dormant for a while, but just leave it there? Because I do agree with T Terry. We don't want to lose that... Uh, being the partnership focus and what happens what's the next step and maybe there's another area in town that um, that regional partnership committee will start to look over well i i'm not i'm not arguing one way or the other but I, I guess the other side of this is we all know that collaboration agreements are going to be a mandate of the new municipal government act so i would fully expect that we're going to be talking about recreation so i, I think is so that, maybe there's an easy way around it and we had kind of touched on it a little earlier and that's have administration become more involved in some of these committees to me that strikes a perfect spot where an administration could sit back be a member of that committee and if things come up then they bring that to council we've got arenas to build though <laughs> but i mean again uh, my point is yeah, that, that the committee's not active they would be the contact to come I, back. Okay, I, I so once again, we have struck no committees from the list. <laughs> and, and, and when we do the tally as to who's doing what, I want to know that I'm doing a committee work that isn't on the down list. That's all I'm trying to say. Wait, and it's a construction, I can't, I, oh, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I'm sure it was a construction committee or yeah. a project construction committee, so we can absolutely add that. Okay, so um, there, so no committees have been struck and uh, 
let's move on. So the next item on the agenda is the off-highway vehicle request. Worshiping Council, this report is actually to brief Council in regards to um, an activity that administration was able to approve underneath the existing off-highway vehicle bylaw. The Peace River Ski Club has had an interested party, <coughs> excuse me, um, would like to host a, and I'm pretty sure I don't have my terminology correct on this, sort of a snowmobile race day at the end of the season at the ski hill, pending snow, of course. Um, what they would be doing is racing up the runs of the ski hill. There'd be designated locations. Apparently these are substantial events, potentially bringing in hundreds of racers, support crews, spectators. It, it could be quite a significant event for the ski hill. Um, looking at the protocols that the town had to review prior to giving any sort of formal approval, our first step was our off-highway vehicle bylaw. Within that bylaw, we found a me mechanism that actually delegates the authority to the CAO, as noted in the report in front of you under the 8.0 section, specifically 8.1, where the CAO can provide um, designation of a specific location and allow uh, the permission of an off-highway vehicle use for that time frame, whatever we end up setting it as. They do not have a specific date chosen yet. Uh, administration will work with the ski club to sort that out. But what we are looking at is specifically a one-day event, daytime hours, designated physical location. The next step, though, for administration is go to the provincial government, our, um, they've changed their name again, the forestry crowd. The public, lands group. Public lands. Thank you, public lands. Um, and uh, get their approval because we do have Crown property that the ski hill uh, runs are actually predominantly on and get approvals at that level. I don't anticipate too strong of an issue there as this is winter ground. It is not um, quad dirt bike type season. So we're looking at snow covered ground. It should not impact um, the landscape per se. So that will be my next step that administration will follow up on to see if we can get approval from that body. From my perspective, do it. Uh, this is a good event. It's called Snow Cross. Thank you. And, and, and my somewhat limited experience, you're saying one day, I, I will, would suggest to administration you check out two days. My experience is often they run time trials on a Saturday and then the final events on a Sunday. So. Oh. You may Hill is saying one day, so maybe they're starting with a one day, but we we can definitely sure. So yeah. this is March, so yeah. the days are a little longer. It's daylight yeah. till eight in the evening, but I yeah. I would double check that. My experience is one day time trials, following day or finals. Yeah. This is a good event. This okay. this draws a lot of people, great. and it's at the end of the season. It's frozen ground. Mm -hmm. it, it's a great wind up for the hill. Do you need a waiver of the noise bylaw? That the admit, um, CAO also has the ability to do, of which we've done already for quite a number of concert events over the summer. But the same idea, specifically time frame, and actually I believe we'd be within the current noise bylaw because we wouldn't be going past eight o'clock at night. 
So, I, I, and it wouldn't be seven o'clock in the morning. I think, again, my limited experience, these snowcross guys are in a circuit, and I'm not saying the noise bylaw is any different in Fort St. John than it is in Peace River, but I suspect the actual racers themselves are like, they, they know what they're up against. I mean, they, they run these things at Whistler, and I'm not sure it was quite Whistler, it's outside of Whistler, so they, they're highly regulated, so I, I would hope that uh, that's not so much of an issue. Yeah. And, and it will be noisy. That will no, get it, that message out. It's just a fact. But it's going to be fun to watch and a pretty neat event for the ski hill, for sure. But would work within our current bylaw. So what you're saying here is that the, the town of Peace River will uh, make will uh, will break down all the barriers so that the Misery Mountain Ski Club can run a what did he call it snow cross or snow cross, snow cross event this coming March for a two day period. So I guess my question is, Mr. Needham referred to it as a two-day event. So there's no practice before the timed stuff. That's well, I use the word time trial. So that's that's the practice that's it? stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. And again, I guess administration maybe this yeah. changes, but I know it was, I know that's common. Okay. And the other question is, um, so I'm thinking. Would the noise mostly be at the bottom of the ski hill, those residents, or where where does the noise Because be? of the hill, it, it, as they're going up, it will be rather noisy. Yeah. Yeah. And the valley helps to add a certain ambiance to that noise. <laughs> Think of jet boats going down the river. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I so, guess that it'll be well advertised that this is an approved event for two yes. days and so on and so forth. Absolutely. So is our communications officer going to tweet something out on this so that she will once we get approval from the province that this is truly able to proceed and that they have commitment from their organizing body at the ski hill and but absolutely we'll do a lot of free information to the community about it. Okay, great. Yeah. So yay. Okay, thanks. So probably a motion to accept for information. I'll let Councillor Ford get on the agenda here. <laughs> All in favor? Okay, so the next one is reports check registry September 14th. That's it. And you haven't been spending very very much money. Try to keep that tax fall Okay, all in favor? Oh, we didn't have a motion yet to accept it for information. So moved. Okay, all in favor? Uh, we've got three information items. Our CMP Western Alberta Division stats. Is there any comments there or questions so that Mr. Parker can pass them along to Staff Sergeant Brent Meyer? I'm assuming not. There's PREDA uh, minutes. We just finished talking about PREDA. They're going north to Alaska. Yes, I'll just, uh, <laughs> I attended that on my own cognizance there. Um, they have this devil by the name of um, Vickers. 
Anyways, Mr. Vickers is president, etc., of G7, no, 7G7, which stands for Seven Generations Something. And this group has um, uh, had conversations with some Chinese, um, uh, apparently government-approved groups who are willing to spend billions of dollars on a dual-track railway from uh, Fort Mac up to um, over by high level Watson Lake, uh, Whitehorse, over to Fairbanks and down to Valdez. Um, they apparently have permission of all the native groups on the way, with the exception of the northwest corner of uh, BC, which um, they said they would simply go around into the Yukon if they don't get their approval. So I'm just letting you know that this is out in the air and they're looking for uh, next steps, which apparently would be to actually um, walk the path and do other things to see exactly where the rail would go so it doesn't interfere with uh, certain um, special places mm -hmm. in terms of Amer Aboriginal culture. Right. So where would it cross the Peace River or would it? Um, someplace uh, northeast of high level. Oh, okay. Because right now we are the only rail crossing in Alberta across the Peace River. Yeah. And that being the case, what's in it for our area? Well, there's a rail that does end up from Peace River into high level right now, I believe. Right. At least I crossed some rail line about four times on the highway out there. So there is possibilities that grain and other commodities could be shipped that way. And apparently they save one to two days on the trip from Alaska over to China by having a, it go out of port there, which is significant enough apparently in terms of these big container ships. So I guess my question to you is, do we, uh, so well, how far in the future is this? 20 years? 10 to 20. And so are we going to keep jobs in Peace River, CN jobs in Peace River, or are we going to lose CN jobs in Peace River? Depends if CN would like to ship north or carry on trying to ship south. Mm -hmm. They should go through there. Yeah, this would be more. CN holds most of the jobs that have been already. So it depends what, what's on these these trains really commodity wise could be anything i guess it could frozen be, meat i don't know it could be more rail coming through peace river because that line starts at fort mac there's no other lines there so for the rest of the canadian rail system connects to it the likely place would be to come from peace river and that line goes north and there's um, a big write-up on this and the insight into the government but yeah. the guy there he seems you know i mean it's a bit not Fairly positive, but uh, future-oriented, I guess you could say. Um, the other, um, I just lost it. The other question that his name is Matt Vickers. That's what it is, Matt Vickers. And um, the other thing that was asked there, well, could you put like a fiber optic line between these two rail lines or someplace along there? Because um, points north are quite concerned about getting. Um, uh, fiber of some sort to have some good broadband for their business, etc. Why don't they just move to Peace River? We've, we've got oh, fiber optic here. That, that's truly possible too. Apparently we have more fiber optic all the time. 
Yep, uh, we got East Lake putting fiber optic down. Okay, uh, that's good. Uh, and then we have minutes dated September 16th from the Peace Library System Board. Is there anything that needs to be highlighted there? Not other than uh, they're planning on um, getting the actual planning in place to spend their one point so million and one point some million dollars for renovations. So uh, I'll take a motion to accept items 10.1 through 10.3 inclusive for information. Councillor Benke, all in favor? Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, I'm assuming there are no comments from the public, and I see no one in the gallery. So um, we will now move to uh, key communication items, and we will uh, give the press an opportunity to uh, indicate what they thought was interesting and what they would like to get more uh, more uh, information on, even if it's in the encapsulated in sound bites. Don't jinx us. So, what, what, uh, do you want sound bites of any on the, any of those items? Well, you said all three. I only heard two. So the, you have oh, the, uh, the proclamation and the flight protocol. They were two different ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I I think I can handle that for you. Okay. Uh, Comment. Um, so we don't have Autumn here uh, to uh, to uh, talk about what she thought was important. Uh, but I think it'd be worthwhile even tweeting something out early on the Snowcross event. But anyhow, but how how you guys are doing a great job bringing events to town of Peace Ranch. So um, we'll take a recess for five ten minutes and then we'll go in camera.